Welcome to the Perspectives with Catherine Toon podcast. Welcome, everybody, uh, to Perspectives with Catherine Toon. I actually have a really um, life-giving, important, kind of maturing type of thing and freeing type of message about service. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I think when we are healthy, uh, by design, we want to love people and we want to serve people because love, you know, if, if, if I am going to love you, right? One of the things I'm going to want to do is serve you. What can I do for you? And, and that, that'll be different things. That's one of the, uh, love languages is service, right? Is acts of service. And so, when people are fulfilled and acting like who they are, they naturally want to give. And this is not just the church. It's just people. It's, it's so beautiful when it happens. And when we operate counter to our design, we get all selfish and self-absorbed. We have such a pandemic of self-absorption and which is one of the reasons why people are so depressed. I don't think there's anything quite as depressing as self-absorption. Yeah. So I titled this, How to Get Free from Serving Out of Obligation. Let's just not serve because we're obligated to serving out of joy with fulfillment, right? That was the real original design of service. And service is a premium in the kingdom of God. It really is. But there's a, so many people out there who don't know, who, you know, don't really know Jesus and that are beautifully served. And that's because we're in the image and likeness of a God who serves a God who is love. Um, and then you can go on the opposite end of the spectrum where you constantly, where you feel obligated to serve. How many of you, you know, this obligation to do something, you, you just don't, you feel, you hate it, right? <laughs> and sometimes, uh, one of the things I've found, like, we've got this thing in our family because uh, I, I am raising or have raised, we're in the process of whatever, raising children who are polite children with manners. Uh, manners is not a, uh, a, um, sort of stuck up thing. It's a, I value you type of thing, right? And so because of that, I want to be pleasant to be around. Okay. So, you know, uh, that, that takes quite a bit of raising with kids. Um, I think a lot of adults could use this type of <laughs> raising. And one of those things that we do in our household is when someone gives us a gift, we write thank you cards. I know that's kind of a, you know, like an ancient thing, like snail mail. <laughs> but I just think it is, if someone's given you a gift, my goodness, you say thank you. So we do thank you cards. But uh, so when I remind my kids about that um, and remind them and they feel obligated, they get really annoyed. And I found... Uh, because I have raised them well, that when I just kind of lay off and um, that kind of thing, they naturally do that because why? It's um, it's a way of responding 
which uh, is not out of obligation. Now, in the church, we, if you're brought up in the religious church, we were um, taught a lot about service, and that's good, except when it isn't, okay? And it's good when it's brought in the same light, because the truth is, love looks like service. Love looks like service, and so, um, but when you are, um, forced to love, if you're forced to do it out of compunction, all right, then you resent it. So how do we navigate this? Because, you know, we are called to serve, but we're not called to be, uh, to do it out of obligation. Like you're such a pain in the butt. Okay. I will do it. Well, you know, that's not loving. Like if someone serves you because, they're just annoyed. You can tell it. You can tell it in any kind of service industry, you know, uh, but when they serve you because they're genuinely looking at a person, you as a person and like, I'm here to serve. That's my job. And they're happy about it. It, it makes a huge difference. And you can tell on the receiving end and certainly you can tell on the giving end. Now, you know, we don't have any control over or responsibility for other people and their, um, their actions or their motives, but we do have for ourselves. And so how do we get to the place where we're serving because we love, uh, which brings fulfillment, um, rather than serving out of obligation? right? Feeling obligated sucks. Feeling guilty sucks. And so if you're just like, I feel guilty, so I need to do this. Well, that's not really service because the motive wasn't love, right? The motive was obligation, right? You know, it's, it's better. It's, I mean, I personally feel it's better to serve out of obligation than not to serve at all. Because I'm telling, so the most depressed people you will find are self-absorbed people which are trying to get something all the time, right? They're so depressed, all so self-focused, self-absorption will bring depression. And we have such a malady of that uh, in our society. Uh, a lot of it because we're isolated, which is not good. I um, mean, that's a COVID thing, but it's, it's a thing, particularly in teens, right? But really in adults, we get so focused on ourselves and it is depressing because it never ends. It's the pit of self-absorption. That's a crappy place to be. And really the cure for that is getting your eyes off yourself and serving other people. And that's just a good thing as a curative. It's like, oh, wow, I guess other people have needs and I can actually contribute something. And that's really fulfilling. The reason it's fulfilling is because you're doing what you're designed to do. Since we are created in the image and likeness of love, love serves. So let me start to unpack this for you and, and help you kind of navigate the balance. Because when you serve out of obligation, you eventually will resent it. Uh, you can become drained and eventually you can become burned out. So that's not a good choice. So there's a way to navigate this that looks like something life-giving. And that's what God has for you, right? He doesn't want you guilty. He doesn't want you obligated. He wants you free to serve because you're creating the image and likeness of love. It was interesting because this message came, I was sitting with the Lord. And I was like, oh my goodness, what do I talk on? <laughs> and he gave me the word servitude. I'm like, Ugh. and I'm like, wow, okay. How are you going to spin this one so that it's actually a positive thing in order to press everybody, right? 
And I looked at the word servitude, and it was just as depressing as it hit me at the time. Uh, servitude is a condition in which one lacks liberty, especially to determine one's course of action or way of life. Servitude. That's called bondage. Okay. So we were never meant to be uh, put in bondage, right? Uh, we were meant to be free. But we're also meant to serve. So what does that look like? Well, let's, let's unpack it. Let's get some help here. Jesus help us. <laughs> right? Okay. Uh, because let me, let me just help you. If you're not free to serve, you're not free not to serve. And if you're not free not to serve, you're not free to serve. So it really is about freedom. But what does freedom look like? Because the thing is, we don't want freedom to look like I'm self-absorbed. And living kind of a life for myself and it's all about me, 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 me. And, you know, that's gross. Okay. Um, it doesn't look like, well, I'm constantly looking for you to serve me. Um, but it looks like I get to serve and you get to serve and we serve one another and it looks like love and it looks like heaven on earth and we're happy. We're tracking. Uh, we're doing something meaningful. We're contributing. Uh, we're not being drained. We're, we're, we're conserving our resources, but also using our resources because we're given our resources to be used. Okay. Let's, let's find this balance. Um, let's go to Mark 10 45. I'm reading this in the Passion Translation. Uh, it says, for even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life as a ransom price for the salvation of many. So the Son of Man is Jesus, right? I love the way he says Son of Man. Uh, it does this a lot in Mark because he's identifying with humanity. Okay, so he comes in, 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 in a way like I'm coming to serve you. I'm not expecting you to serve me. And I always get a little bit, uh, What's the word? A, a, a little, a little uncomfortable when I start people's talking a whole lot about like, I'm God's servant and he's the master. And I'm like, that is so not relational. Now you are called to serve uh, and he is masterful. Okay. But you're in relationship and we always get messed up when we lose this. We always get. Uh, right. Responsible. This is how we serve, right? So we always get messed up when we take ourselves out of the place of relationship. Always. Because this is our foundational. Number one, it's the foundation of who God is. And it's the foundation of who we are. And we take it out of that context. Now we start to get to the have tos. We start to get to the obliged and we start to get drained, resentful, um, all that kind of stuff, or we feel guilty because it's never enough, or we feel guilty because we're not doing what we feel we should do, or whatever. All of it's bondage. So how do we get out of that and and not fall in the trap of self-absorption? It's about me all the time, right? So there's a way to navigate. Aren't you happy? I'm so happy to hear this. So let's talk about this. It's all about relationship. When we start from the place of being adored, being loved. I like to use that word adored a lot because it's, we kind of flip flop the love thing around, um, so much that you start to become maybe a little callous to it. But when you're letting God love you, you're going to love as you remain in me and me and you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. So when we, when we get out of that place of intimacy, we dry up, we get 
separated functionally from the vine, who is the source. Jesus said, I am the vine. Well, God is love. So love is the vine. When we get separated from love, when we separated from God functionally in our minds, in our experience, right? We get dried up. We get crispy. And guess what? Dried up crispy does not have a lot to give. Okay. And so we it's important to, and in this discussion, what's really important is also the issue of boundaries. A boundary is set. It's not a wall. A wall says nothing in, nothing out. Okay. A boundary says, I choose what I let in. I choose what I give out. Right. And, and a boundary says, well, I've got great resources. I won with the vine, right? I've been communing with God. So I am, um, I'm giving of these resources or I'm allowing certain people to take of these resources in this way. And then I determine the parameters at which this stops. Okay. So this is really important, this discussion, because if you're going to serve the way you're commanded to do, right? Uh, a new commandment I give uh, you is that you love one another and serve one another the way of I, I've loved and served you, basically. And so how does that work? Well, the bottom line is, there are times when you need to guard your resources. That means, you know what? Uh, I need not to give right now. Or I need not to give in this way right now. But I'm called to give, so I'm looking for ways to give because I'm called to love. And I want to give because intrinsically in me, I am um, I am one with a person who is love. I'm in his image and likeness. So of course I want to give. Of course I want to serve. But I want to do it not out of obligation. And this is the way, way it's really important to navigate because usually, you know, you've, you've heard just practically in life, they're givers and they're takers, right? You've heard this, right? And they're people that are kind of wired in their, uh, however, uh, they're wired and in their programming as they groove up to give. And then there are people that in there are, you know, maybe they're narcissistic, maybe they're manipulators, whatever. And they're take, take, take. What can I, how can I get my way? How can I get what I want? And I remember, um, you know, one of the, uh, in, in having had multiple relationships with people that were incredibly narcissistic, um, I was kind of wired to give, and I'm wired to give because I'm a loving person. I'm a lovely person. So I'm wired to give, but I also had to learn how to have boundaries and say no, because it became this thing out of obligation. Like my role is I give, your role is you take. Well, that's completely not healthy. And so, you know, it's interesting to see Jesus. He came to serve um, and give his life as rent, but there were times he absolutely said no. <laughs> I love it. So there are times when there's all these people out there and they're sick and they're demonized and, you know, whatever. And they're just desperate. And here's, here's, here's the Messiah in, in the flesh and he's healing is whatever. It's like, okay, now I'm going to go spend, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to spend time with my father. So he learned how to flow in this place of giving receiving, not giving. There was a time to give and there was a time not to give. And he is love and he's the express image of the father. And he's not only modeling for us how we, how, what healthy looks like, but he's also there one with us to empower us to walk this out. So, you know, um, in the place where as the church, we're called to serve, we are called to serve. Let me help you here. Um, let me, let me, let me give you scripture reference for that. 
Uh, so John 13, 34, uh, Passion Translation. So I give you a new commandment, love one another just as I have loved you. Uh, and then you can go to first John two, two through eight. Uh, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. So this is his mission statement here. Here's how we can be sure that we have truly come to know God. We keep his commands. And what has he given us? The commandment of love. Okay, this is how we he know that we love one another, is that we lay our lives down for one another. And then there is no greater love than laying ourselves down for your brother or sister, right? So, you know, we are commanded to love, and it looks like laying down our lives. But it doesn't look like being a doormat. Okay, so how do we navigate both of those and how do we operate in a way where we're doing it rightly and there are times to give and there are times not to give. And sometimes it's interesting that the people that are kind of wired to give, they feel guilty when they don't give. Okay, that's a false guilt. Okay, that's a false guilt. You know, it's interesting. I'm always so amused with Jesus. (laughs) in his ministry, it's okay to be amused with Jesus because some things in the Bible are just funny. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, there is the, the, the uh, point where, where there was the woman with the issue of blood and uh, the centurion's servant came and said, listen, my daughter's at the point of death. And this lady is yammering on about her thing. And granted, she's in pain or whatever, but she's going, you know how people are when they've They're talking about their illness and they're in so much pain and they're just, that's just so in their face that they're just going on and on and on and on. And meanwhile, the servant of the centurion is saying, you know, listen, my, my, this, this daughter's at the point of death. I mean, you know, this is a, like, um, (laughs) it needs to happen. And Jesus listens to this whole thing is keeping the, um, this servant kind of waiting. So there was a time he wasn't going to serve at what was seemingly like this Jesus, good Jesus would be like, okay, this is priority. Let's head over there. Right. But he's listening to this lady. Why? Because he, he was the one, she was the one to be focused on and she needed her pain needed to be heard. And then he was able to heal her. It wasn't just her body that needed healing. It was her emotions that needed healing. All the trauma of all these years. But meanwhile, in the background is the, you know, well, you know, this, this, my, my master's daughter is on the point of death and he's, you're yammering on. And so finally Jesus gets there. She actually has, has, has passed. And he raises her up. But what I'm saying is there is an ebb and flow to how we serve. And sometimes things that look obvious that you should say yes to are a no. And the things that look obvious that you should say no to are a yes. And how do you know? Well, the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. As a son and daughter of God, you are led by a spirit. So how do I know when I need to say yes? Number one, when someone asks you something, to do something. And there are people that, you know, you always hear that 20% do 80% of the work and it's pretty true. Uh, and there's some people that are just wired to say yes. And they say yes before they've even thought about it or wait, it out. And so one of two things is going to happen. Number one, if you're a chronic yes person, well, um, you, you don't have those resources all the time. And so eventually you're either going to run out of resources and get burnout and get resentful. Okay. Or 
you're going to renege, <laughs> which is more annoying than if you just said, no, I can't do that. <laughs> so honesty is the best policy. So, but that means when someone asks you to serve, you weigh it out. You say, great, I will think about that. I'll pray about that and I'll get back to you. Now, some people tend to be kind of more manipulative. Like, um, you know, I had someone in ministry once tell me, I usually get what I want. And that's really true. But what happened was it was like this manipulation that went forward. And so it just wasn't healthy. And so, you know, you, you need to be able to withstand people that may be manipulative that want you to do stuff and are impatient for you to answer. And it's like, I'll, I'll just pray about it and let you know. And then you need to be able to say no. And there's sometimes you need to say, yes, it's not all about me. It's not about my four and no more, you know, but it's about, and how do we do that? We flow with the spirit. Okay. But so that's really important. Boundaries are super important. Now in the place of service, Okay. And, and as, as believers, we're called to serve. We're called to, you know, uh, feed the poor and all of that. I mean, I, I get regularly requests from people I don't know, um, you know, for, to support this, to support orphanages and this and that. And there's so many good causes out there and there's so many wacko causes out there and all of that. And, and I literally just have to pray and say, yes, no, you know, I won't say maybe so, just yes, no, it's maybe so until I prayed it out. But you need to be able to have your yes be yes and your no be no and be able to stand in that. And if anything comes up once you've said no and you feel guilty, okay, then you need to uh, take that to the Lord and find out why is it that when I say no, that that causes guilt. Because chances are that's a false guilt and you need to need to deal with that. That needs to be healed because that's not healthy. Okay, in the place where we know we need to serve, uh, we know we need to do all these things, how do we do this in a way that's life-given? Well, number one, I just gave you some ideas of, of boundaries. Number two, let love be the motive for which you run. We serve out of love, right? So we serve out of the motive of love. So that doesn't mean my whole life's the no, okay? Um, as I said, there's nothing more depressing than selfishness and self-absorption. Narcissistic, pe narcissistic people are miserable people, okay? Manipulators are miserable people. Just self-absorbed teenagers hanging out on your phone all day long are miserable people. We were made to serve. Why? Because we were made in the image and likeness of love and love serves. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. It says, here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a near harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Okay, so this is the concept of sowing and reaping. This is kind of the law of attraction. And I know this has gotten some new agey vibe to it. And not everything is, if I just think the right thoughts, the right things will happen to me. Okay, that's called magical thinking. Okay, um, but there is a, a spiritual underpinning, a law of sowing and reaping, that that is really true. And that was that before it became any other kind of new agey thing or whatever else. That is the Jesus thing. 
All right, let's go to verse seven. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Okay, so let's just sit with this for a second. Um, let giving flow from your heart. I give because I want to give, not from a sense of religious duty. If it's a religious duty, it's it's like the zing isn't there, okay? If you have to give, it's not giving. It's called uh, being, um, uh, manipulated under compulsion, being intimidated, right? Being bullied. Okay. So that's not right. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving. There is joy in giving. Okay. And so, and, and one of the beautiful things about that is because the joy of giving flows freely because you don't have to worry about self because self is taken care of and I have enough or more than enough, so I'm going to give from that place. That's an act of faith that you're one with a generous God that will abundantly provide for you. And so you're not having to hoard everything because if I give it up, this is all there is and blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's miserable. Okay, that's hell. Okay, but... It, it, it flows from a place of I'm one with a God of love who loves me and gives me so I can freely give, right? Let it flow freely from the joy of giving all because God loves hilarious generosity. I love it. Hilarious because we're having so much fun. Uh, yeah, I remember one time we had a... Um, a car. It was a used car. So I'm, I don't want to act like, wow, you know, I had this new BMW and I gave it away. <laughs> but it was, it was a good car. And, um, and I remember we were, we had some neighbors and they were just struggling and we were so excited to give them this car because they were just didn't know how to, you know, how they were going to, you know, um, they needed a car and they weren't, and it was, and it was so, amazing to be able to solve that need out of that place. And I remember being so excited. I, I was, I was about ready to wet my pants. I was so excited. You know what I mean? Cause we could give into this place of people who had a clear need. And it was such a joy. I think we were more excited. We were had more fun than they did. It was hilarious giving. It was joy. It was the joy in giving and the joy in receiving. And you know what? If we had been like, well, you have it. And so you should give it up. Well, you know what? That zip, that would have gone away like that. But we were free to give it. So we gave, right? It says, yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything, every moment and in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. So you get in a grace of you have enough, you give out of that place and more comes to you. And it's this beautiful flow, but it's not from a place of guilt. It's not from a place of obligation. It's not from a place of, well, you owe me. If you want me to shut down really quite, you, you, you kind of give me this entitled thing. It's not going to fly. And it's like, no, I can do it. Right. But it's like, if I'm free to give, then I'm happy to give. Right. Um, and in every moment and in every way, he will make you overflow with abundance and every good thing you do. There's this overflow that you get into. Why? Because you're operating in the grace of love. Right. So, it's your joy to give and it's fulfilling to you. So it is a win-win. 
And I really believe that God is in the win-win. There are times when we sacrifice, but there's a win in that as well. But we sacrifice out of love. We're called to sacrifice, okay? Um, not be the sacrifice, okay? You're not the Savior and neither am I, but we're called to partner with God because love gives and love does sacrifice, but it, he doesn't squeeze blood out of a turnip. And if you've ever been manipulated in the church where it's like, you know, dig deep and give whatever, it's like, no, I can do it. But when I get to do it, that is a good thing. So listen, I, and I, and, and one of the litmus tests that I like to use is that if you're not free not to, you're not free to. And if you're not free to, you're not free not to. And so see how it feels inside. Okay. Now, if God is, um, is, uh, uh leading you to give something and you don't want to give it and you know it's God and you don't want to do it, well, sit there a, a minute and find out what's going on inside of me. That is wanting to hold on to something. It's probably fear. It's probably like, well, I won't have enough, right? It's probably um, a selfishness that is counter to your ability because uh, counter to your original design, because God did not create us with this constant focus on self. He didn't create us to have no focus on self, right? So we love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So everybody's loved, right? There's love there. But in the place where I'm, I'm all shut down, I'm all focused on me, I'm stingy. Um, I'm holding on to something that God's tr having, trying to convince me to give up. It's probably figure out what the lie is. Is the lie that's, that's not good. God's not good and he won't, I won't have enough is the lie that I can't afford to give because, um, you know, uh, it's going to be taken away from me. What is that that's causing you to hold on to something? Because that's not joy. That's not freedom, right? Stingy people are miserable people, right? Um, but people that overgive, right, have no boundaries, right? So we're, we're walking that middle of, the road. Um, so uh, let's go to John 15, 10 through 12. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love. What's his commands? It's commandment of love. Just as I have kept my father's command for I continually live nourished and empowered by his love. Dang, da, dang, dang. Okay. So living nourished and empowered by God's love. See, this is that place of abiding. This is a place of where you are abiding in the love of God. You're living nourished and empowered. Okay. That's when you're robust. It's like you're, you're, if you're abiding in the vine, that means you're, 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 um, you're a plump, juicy grape. You're not a little raisin <laughs> that's been disconnected from the vine. Right. Right. So we are living nourished and empowered. So if there's a place where you're feeling drained, you're feeling obligated, you're feeling guilty, well, that's a place of, okay, so God, tell me why, what this false guilt is and, and get some ministry from the Lord from that and some revelation about how are you operating that's making you feel guilty for saying no. Okay. Um, and then if you're feeling drained, well, maybe some time to say no. And maybe some time to rest and maybe some time to do something that completely, um, uh, uh, fills you up. It may be time to let someone serve you for a bit, right? 
um, all of that. If you're feeling, um, you know, sometimes people have been so self-absorbed and whatever, it is time to get your focus off yourself. That That's like this endless abyss of <laughs> whatever. The ego is like this endless abyss. It's like, oh my goodness, pull back. Get your eyes off yourself and contribute something. And you'll feel like, oh, yeah, that's who I am. I really am a giver. I'm really someone that has something to offer. Because sometimes even in people's depression, they think they have nothing to offer. It's like they forget all that they really do have, right? They're looking at, I don't have, I'm not enough, whatever. But when you start serving other people, like, you know what? I was really helpful for that. I was really, I, I really, and that is incredibly fulfilling. That's the joy of giving where you give and you're fulfilled. That's why it's so important in what you choose as your vocation that it's really supposed to be what you're supposed to be doing because there's a zing on it and it's not just about getting the paycheck, although hallelujah for the, for money, we call in lots of it for everybody. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but it needs to be something that has some value where you can actually, who you are can actually be reflected in that. So you're actually serving and contributing in a way that is meaningful. That is meaningful. And, and we need meaning and meaning comes in, in, uh, doing what you're, what you're called to do. Is, is contributing in a way that is outside yourself. Other giving love, right? You're fulfilled when you're operating according to other giving love. Let me see if I have um, another one that I want to do for this one here. Okay, so let's go to First um, John 2, verse 5. It says, but the love of God will be perfected within the one who obeys God's word. Nobody panic. I know that can be like a religious trigger, but just, just hold on. <laughs> Let's get context. Um, we can be sure that we've truly come to live in intimacy with God. So in other words, let me, let me help you with that. When you're flowing in that place of intimacy, when you get a word from God to give something, when you get a word from God to serve, that it has a zing on it. It has life. If it totally makes sense and you should, but you're not feeling it, back off until you're fully set. You should be, you should, there should be a zing within you. It's not always something you always feel like doing like emotionally, but there's something in you. It's like, yeah, no, that's a good thing to do. It's going to cost me, but this, this is like a, th it's got a God zing on it, right? Make sure you have the God zing. Okay. Um, not just saying I am intimate with God, but by walking in the footsteps of Jesus. Beloved, I'm not writing a new commandment to you, but an old one you, that you have had from the beginning and you've already heard it. Yet in a sense, it is a new commandment as its truth is made manifest both in Christ and in you because darkness is disappearing and the true light is already blazing. So this new commandment of love, you're operating out of that fullness, out of that intimacy. You're walking in the footsteps of, of Jesus who served. Okay. But you're doing it in a way that's empowered by love, that's nurtured and nourished and empowered. 
And, and sometimes walking in the footsteps of, of Jesus would be like, no, nope, I'm not supposed to do that. You know, how many people pressured Jesus to uh, operate in a certain way? He was pressured to take over the, the, the kingdom that was run by Caesar, right? Just knock that evil kingdom. Was it an evil kingdom? Yes, right? But, and he was pressured, like, set, set up your kingdom now. This is the righteous thing to do, Jesus. And, you know, Jesus was not cooperating <laughs> with man's agenda. So we need to be led. And that requires, the only way you can be led is to cultivate that intimacy. So you know when you're supposed to say yes, and there'll be life in it. And when you know you're supposed to say no, which there'll be life in that as well. And, you know, and, and so it's not just a logical thing. Uh, and other people, the other thing is, let me help you with this too. Other people do not have the right to tell you what you should do. I've had so many people say, you know, we're in a bad way. You owe it to me to give me money because you're a sister in Christ. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. And I will pray for your bad way, but I will do whatever the Lord says do. And more often than not, not always, it's been a no. And don't cave to manipulation. Well, if you were good, you're supposed to feed the poor. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm supposed to feed the poor where I'm supposed to feed the poor, not uh, feed the poor where you say I'm supposed to feed the poor, right? We're led by God, right? Not by pressure from other people. Um, and then we'll also be, need to be able to be freely, to freely give. If you're not freely giving, it's not God, right? And then if you're not willing to give, just overall, because you're just so self-absorbed. Well, you need to, you need to be shaken out of that as well. So it's a it's kind of a dance. It's kind of a dance, and a lot of times, you know, it's it's easy if we had a formula, but ultimately it's going to come down of intimacy. It's ultimately going to come down with motive. Am I serving out of love, or am I serving out of obligation? Am I serving out of love, or am I serving uh, because I don't have a no? In which case that's brokenness that needs to be healed. Am I serving, uh, because I feel guilty, uh, and I feel like, you know, God's going to be mad. Well, that's an issue with your relationship with God and you not seeing him rightly. Am I serving because I get my identity from service? That's a problem and brokenness that needs to be taken. Or am I serving because I genuinely love and want to be of service? And that's a joy and that's fulfillment. Anyway, I hope this has been helpful and life-giving, and uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.